how do you say that word? Moguls. I hate that. Why did I choose to say that word? What is it? The Mongols? The Mongols? Don't don't ever invade Europe unless you're a Mongol. What? Isn't that the thing that they say? No, Russia. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. Russia. Take that out. No one needs to know how bad I am at history. Okay. Welcome to Speaking in Hues, a podcast for women of color by women of color. We are your hosts. I'm Liz Bangora. And I'm Marwa Shreib. And welcome to part two of our love and relationship episode. So we're just continuing the conversation that we left off on last time you were with us, which was talking more about love and capitalism and queerness and, you know, who is allowed to be in love within the society that we live in. We're going to take a different turn in this episode. We found out that we're talking a little bit more about marriage and love as well as media and love and we just had a couple thoughts about that as well and we want to make sure you got all of what we had to say which explains why this is part two and we're just we're going to talk about pop culture and sort of love as a cultural phenomenon the way love is packaged and sold um which i think is a continuation of our previous conversation anyway mm-hmm. so it's all kind of goes together but we will be having a little bit more fun. A little bit more fun. A little little bit more fun. We're we're going to talk about our ships. Yeah, and just to reiterate, again, with everything we're talking about, we are in no way shaming anyone or telling anyone how to love. These are just conversations that we were having and wanted to share with you. As always, we invite feedback. We invite rebuttal. We just making sure that you feel heard and not invalidated in any way. We are always looking to have quote-unquote discourse. Yeah, we love discourse. Okay, so we're going to jump right in. Um, just continue the conversation and give it a listen. How do you feel about the way love is portrayed in the media? Which we already talked about a little bit. In real life. Yeah, yeah we, ta- we touched on it a bit. But yeah. if there, you have anything else to say. There is a show. I know that we were, we mentioned modern love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted to talk about modern love. Keep but going. You No, you can, I'll let you talk about modern love because I've never seen it. Oh. But there's this show on Netflix called Easy. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's I watched so a couple good. episodes of that. It's so good. That yeah. is, I think we're entering a... Uh, love is never portrayed, honestly. No. In media, but yeah. I think that that's pretty... That's a pretty damn good I portrayal. really <laughs> liked... Yeah, I think I watched yeah. the first episode, and it was like this married couple, and the wife was like obviously unhappy, mm-hmm. especially like during sex. Yes. Like You could tell like yeah. she was actually like... She, just, she wasn't enjoying it, and the husband was so oblivious to yeah. it. And I was just like... Well, fuck! Like that's real. Like that's yeah. really real. I I enjoy that show as well. Yeah, and for me, there's a queer episode like, mm-hmm. with the two women, and it's like um, the black woman too. Yes. She was in a oh, was she in Dope? Dope? I think yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And oh my god, it was so good because it was like they have moments where they they genuinely don't want to be around each other mm-hmm. and they hate each other, mm-hmm. but then it, that doesn't equate to them not being in love. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, and I like how the show is set up because it has it's like an anthology, I think it's mm-hmm. called. and so it has one episode for the one season and then the next episode it continues mm. I mean the next season it brings it back it brings it back to, so you yeah. see like that a same storyline I adore yeah. that it's yeah. just I, I think it's one of the best portrayals of love I've seen mm. I have to see easy it's so um, modern love <laughs> on Amazon Prime um, for those of you who haven't seen it, is the weirdest thing that I have ever seen in my entire life. Because is it a dating show? It, is it? So basically, it's based on the Modern Love column in the New yeah, York Times. Okay. So people write these stories about their That's what their I want to talk about. I, I know that Modern Love. And their types of love, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's... A modern, the modern love column itself is, in my opinion, one of the like better and more mm-hmm. interesting things that the New York Times has done mm. in the last you know twenty odd years. 
Um, people will write about platonic love, family love, like all different types. But the modern love series on Amazon Prime, for the most part, only focuses on romantic love. And they use this colorblind casting to portray, you know, I think it's like eight or nine or ten of the kind of most well-known modern love essays in the New York Times. Mm. And what colorblind casting looks like in the show is a couple of men of color getting thrown with very sort of standard white women. There's one that has Anne Hathaway and a black man. Then oh. there's my dude Dev Patel. Yeah. Dev Patel, the Dev Patel. These are celebrities? Yeah. This like had they had big name actors. Oh wow. So there was one episode that literally had like Anne Hathaway playing a, you know, a woman I was the whole thing was so problematic, mm-hmm. who basically has this like dance sequence where she meets this black man in a grocery store. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing I remember like seeing it on Twitter and people were saying it was so groundbreaking because it was La La Land but with oh, a black no. man. Oh, oh, no. Hey and La La Land La La has its own was crazy. And the fact that like it was just this such a sanitized, mm-hmm. you know, kind of these sanitized love narratives mm-hmm. of white women meeting men of color, but no one's race, no one's family situation, none That's of what that I'm matters. Y'all have to talk about that. Like you have to talk. It makes Dev Patel, the Dev Patel, okay, who is like a huge movie star, and I'm a huge fan of him, was playing some character named like Brian or Ryan mm. or Chad. I don't know. Chad One Michael Murray. He was playing some <laughs> he was playing some white man basically except he was Dev Patel. It's like when you date somebody you don't just date that person you date their family. So yeah. like Everything they come with, like their Every, history, exactly. their current, like exactly. So well, I'm, I'm not gonna that love does not occur in a vacuum, right? And mm. modern love acts like it does. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. like literally why I could not believe that because you need like I would care if your grandma voted for Trump. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, can I meet your grandma or not? Like, yeah. Low key to me, the mo- the moral seems like oh, like don't be so picky. Yeah. yeah, you can fall in love with anyone. Yeah, if you don't think about their appearance, but, if you yeah. don't think about their age difference, and yeah. also like, it's hard to to think of a person as one individual mm. without personal history. Mm-hmm. Well, we already talked, about mm-hmm. it, but without personal histories and without a network already yeah. behind mm-hmm. them. That, that is an important part of a relationship, like taking care of everybody. And that's mm-hmm. literally in Islam as well. Like yeah. <laughs> you have to be, you know, sexually responsible kind of to your partner. Mm-hmm. Like if, if it's like, a mutual, for example, it's a kind of a mutual thing. And it's also, I think for in the Muslim context, it's strange because we are so conditioned to think of finding a partner within the context of marriage. So yeah. for a lot of, women that I know, you know, attraction, it's either at the very top of their list because that's something that they have a lot of anxiety about Mm. or it's at the very bottom because they're thinking about things like income and, Mm. you know, family history and respectability and Mm. is this someone who my grandparents would like, you know. That's why sugar daddies are an industry. Yeah. (laughs) What is, I mean, also how does the show define love? I think it's really interesting. I think it's literally like some of the uh, relationships that ended up happening was literally a single connection. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm-hmm. One of them was like, oh, we're vibing because you are also a Christian because you have mm-hmm. a tattoo mm-hmm. and like all these things. And then the woman on the other side, That's she was like, blind. I'm also like Christian. <laughs> yeah. Blind. So I, it would be single connections. And I was like, you are so to deprived base of marriage. a connection. You know how it's like on The Bachelor? We're supposed to believe that The Bachelor is falling in love with like 15 different women mm-hmm. at once mm-hmm. and that every single connection is completely genuine. Yeah. And yet I don't think any of the couples from The Bachelor 
have or at Bachelorette have made it long term, maybe like mm-hmm. two or three. Definitely. I not. just don't think that's a substantial amount of time to get to know someone and get to know the way that you have to love them because everyone has mm, to be loved. That's everyone has different love languages. And like mm. part of like dating is figuring out the way that they accept that love and learning to compromise and if you want to compromise. Yeah. You can't do that in thirty two days. No, we we live in a time where it's just hyper consumption. Hyper mm. everything has to be super mm-hmm. fast. Mm-hmm. And so these people on this show, they don't know themselves. They exactly. Don't, they don't love themselves. Exactly. Because if you find a connection with someone just because another person is Christian, like that. Yeah. That's so funny. Learn what you like. like exactly. Learn what you, so you learn can express that. Exactly. Yeah. That's a great. Once you know yourself and you know what you want, mm-hmm. then you can pursue mm-hmm. this interpersonal connection. Yeah. To our listeners, if you have Netflix or ask someone with a Netflix account, just watch the first episode of Love is Blind <laughs> or watch I haven't seen Modern it. Love or yeah. watch Love Island. Just We'd yes. love to hear from you and what yeah. you think. And easy is a good, I think it's a or good easy. display. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. on the other, the Good counteract, yeah. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. this Yeah, watch, watch easy and then watch one of the three reality shows. I have quotations mm-hmm. on reality shows yeah. that we we're talking about. And just tweet us or email us or whatever just let us know what you think because yeah, I'm, I'm honestly i'm curious about who everyone i'll ask you all what is your favorite fictional couple mm-hmm. my favorite fictional couple is a problematic one mm-hmm. and this is why i was thinking about it i'm like i when i was little not little but maybe like i was young i was maybe like 10 i read the entirety of the anne of green gables series so anne of green gables oh. is like a children's book from canada mm-hmm. from like the 19 19- hundreds like early 1900s 1890s and you see this little girl come to like this little orphan girl come to this farm and she is you know weird and different and she you know doesn't quite fit in with everyone not else. like the other girls not like the other girls <laughs> and she you know has this boy at school as her who is her rival and they like have this kind of academic rivalry mm. for their entirety of their teen years literally like they have like he like calls her carrots because she has red hair yeah. and she doesn't talk to him for six years. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. Do they fall in love? On Netflix. And with an E. And then they fall in love at the mm. end. But the thing about them that I find, it takes them a long time to fall in love. Like they're friends for 10 years basically before they fall in love. Mm. And then the second they do, their relationship becomes completely conventional. Mm. It's Anne and Gilbert. I don't even say his name, but like they have this rivalry and this intellectual kind of partnership mm when they're not together. See, I hate the that. Second and then they, they just get become engaged. flat. The second they get engaged, you know, she leaves her career. She goes to become a housewife mm-hmm. while he's working. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is problematic. And, and obviously it was the 1890s, so it's a whole different time. But like, Mm-mm. you go from being complete equals of, you know, yeah. literally like she's first mind. in the class, he's first yeah. in the class. It's all of the mind. Yeah. And then she becomes his housewife. They have like six kids. Yeah. Completely like upper middle class kind of domestic bliss Mm. and the book like the books go on like it goes on to be you know them with their kids and then it all the way through like world war one from like the 1890s to world war one and you see them become middle-aged together and it's very strange maybe that's why i don't maybe that's why we don't uh, our generation just is very anti-love yeah because like marriage maybe yeah not not anti-love but anti-marriage because it the way it's portrayed it, it makes you flattened like, yeah like, it completely especially the women you yeah you don't have any dimensionality yeah. anymore it's like for stability for that good life yeah. like i think my idea of marriage what i've kind of grown up with and like what my mom has always told me and kind of wished for me is basically you have enough income that you never really have to worry mm-hmm. about yeah. it because also low-income yeah. background it's, and that's that's literally the number one thing and mm-hmm. it's not and I know she's gonna like she wants me to marry someone who can like 
provide double yeah. for me. So mm. obviously she doesn't want me to stop working or anything. But it's basically the ideal life is that you forgo everything else that you care about or that that's important yeah. to you. What you at like strive for is stability, right? Mm. Because like when you come from a place of such turmoil because mm. of finances, because of you know, being a minority in this country yeah. because like my mom has struggled quite a lot. Right. Yeah. So her number one thing for me, like she doesn't want me to ever experience that ever. Right. Yeah. So what she wants for me is stability. And if that means I have to forgo like my feminist ideals, if that means I have to forgo. This brings us to the next question. That's, our next That's question. literally our next question. How do you navigate your feminism within mm. the scope of your identity? If you identify as a feminist if or a womanist whatever or how do you identify yeah. as yeah. your dating for me like as a you know queer woman of color all of these identity groups that i belong into like i know that a lot of things that we have to do is for our survival Mm. and when you get to the like point of just like i need to do this in order to literally survive Mm -hmm. like that is where i think the conflict with well not even well feminism is really about just advocating for the equal equal rights of yeah. mm-hmm. people. Not mm-hmm. even I think that white feminism washes that out and yes. messes with it. Yeah. Um, but like with that kind of that's the feminist white feminism is the feminism that is projected the most. And so like mm-hmm. we think that they're supposed to butt heads like if I'm doing something that is vital for me, um, and it may not be it may be generally degrading or something, mm-hmm. that's supposed to butt heads with like what we consider feminism, but like yeah. Well, really know white feminism, feminism makes it seem like a competition. <laughs> yeah, like we're trying really to like it beat it's like no, we're literally just trying to get on the same level as you yeah. so we can so from there we can have equal opportunities. Mm-hmm. Not about beating you out or taking them. It's literally just like I would like the same opportunities that you are given. That's literally yeah. all it is. So I think I grew up very there's a lot of ideals and actually my dad put them in me. Um my mom has always been about survival and like thriving is not really a thing it's like stability right like as i was saying um but my dad is much more idealistic and he's like reach for the stars and he's mm. like you can be president one day mm. like my it usually baby is girl. the fathers who are like that yeah. who like but then you think they're not they didn't live as a woman yeah so they exactly no so the mom is realistic mm-hmm. because they have that she, experience she was a woman yeah. yeah i think growing up when i realized that when i started seeing that oh this what he wants for me won't always work for me and mm. like i had a hard time always being like why can't I do what he wants for me like why can't I succeed in this way this way that way and it was always my mom in the back of my head like no don't do this like have a backup have this have like save this much money like she's Mm. always she's the one like who's keeping it afloat you know Mm -hmm. like so many times um so now as I as I've grown up like I've been very astonished like feminist now now that I know the term womanist I guess but like I I still identify with feminists because mm-hmm. like to me it was always about like equality like yeah. equality it's humanism yeah humanism yeah. for everybody like anybody oppressed anywhere like you mm-hmm. know that whole thing um and i i learn about it i'll try my best um but i've i've started to be like maybe for my future to just like just have a life that i can exist peacefully like do mm. i want to struggle my entire life yeah. you know and so i'm like yeah for me love is something i i i already have an idea or, or like i kind of had a tangible experience with it but i couldn't have it because mm. of 
I'm a Muslim woman. I am. I come from a background that like immigrant, low income background, and yeah. it was not attainable for me. Like this would, it just, it just wouldn't like it. My family wouldn't be okay with it. Um, mm-hmm. They wouldn't be able to handle it. And it's mm-hmm. just like that's not a pain that I'm willing to put my family through. Wow. Right. So if that means I have to give up that love wow. for the love of my family and like for us to kind of exist in a stable um, environment. environment. Yeah. Like Socially I'm not acceptable. Yeah. And, like yeah. I'm not going to rip away my parents like social connections like i'm not gonna make them go through something for my love like what like you're saying that like you don't deserve to be happy you know what i mean like i I do but i'm also like yeah there's this huge sense of responsibility (laughs) i have yeah yeah, i have that's what it comes down a lot as well and it's interesting (sighs) because i in my life will have phases where i don't identify as a feminist and i'm kind of so like you know weary of the mm-hmm. feminist label because of what white feminism has done to it and mm-hmm. I just don't I don't always feel like it's really meant for me I don't really feel like I I, yeah. I agree with it a lot of the time that's why womanism yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 completely but like for me like trying to navigate feeling like oh like I am worthy of of searching like I'm worthy of having mm-hmm. that time time is a big mm-hmm. thing for me you know like I'm worthy of waiting five or mm. I don't know, 10 years you know mm. to find someone to marry like which is for a lot of brown girls that is mm. the end game it is mm. marriage and I mm. it's hard for me under 25 marriage under, wow. under 25 marriage under otherwise 25. you're done yeah. I, I'm you know I'm, 20, I'm 22 and it is it's really stressful and mm-hmm. strange and my you know I'm a lot of my cousins I have a lot of cousins I come from family but a lot of girls 21 22 you know they're getting wow. married mm-hmm. and I'm like told on all sides, not just from my parents. My parents are probably one of the more supportive people in my mm-hmm. life, but my cousins, people my own age, they're telling me that the time is running out, that you have to find a good man, mm-hmm. you know, as soon as you possibly can, because good men are a finite resource. Yeah, it's it's you know what's strange is that I tell my mom this all the time is that I cannot. I always sort of envision myself as an individual, even mm-hmm. like going into the future. I have a hard time seeing myself, you know. I'm the opposite like I very much can't wait to like have a good life with like a good husband like I do love love like I can't wait to like I mean I can't wait to have kids I can't wait to get married but like that vision that I see I look forward to it but Mm -hmm. I'm also realist in the fact that I know that's going to be a long time from now I have my life to live did Mm -hmm. you this is personal but did you have like were your parents together yeah, my parents were together. I've had a really weird example of marriage in my household because yeah. within West African culture, I don't always assume, I can't speak for my parents, but I just, I can't always assume that people get married out of love. It is, oh, a, yeah. it is a security mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, Arranged marriage, I mean, in, yeah. in the brown yeah. community. Yeah. So like my love. parents, I think they do, they have to love each other, but like, yeah. I think also marriage when you were someone for such a long time they're coming up on their 25th like wedding anniversary and so like as a child you see like segments of that marriage and sometimes the segments that you just happen to be caught in the middle of doesn't always show like love love Mm -hmm. but um I think there's something beautiful about like having a person beside you through like everything and like that's your person and like I do look forward to that and I do look forward to having kids and like being that manifest of that love but I think like, for me, I want to date someone for a long time mm-hmm. before we get married. Because, like, when you get married after one year, two years, three, mm-hmm. you change so much. And there's mm-hmm. different points in your life that's going to bring different obstacles. And, like, you really have to test that out. 
And especially, yeah. like, if I'm taking a vow before God, like, I'm not messing that up. Like, I'm not breaking <laughs> a promise with him. Yeah. So, like, I just really want to take my time. But I do, mm-hmm. I, like, literally look forward to that. Same. Yeah. yeah I, that's interesting because the reason I ask is because my parents had a very strange, like, I had a weird living situation. Mm-hmm. So my, my parents lived like they, my mom and dad were in the same household but my dad lived downstairs mm-hmm, and my mom okay. lived upstairs because mm-hmm. they were separated yeah and so i saw my house as two different worlds mm. um because as you mentioned like the dad is always a free spirit mm-hmm. kind of. so yeah his, his he gets world to was be very like he's playing guitar outside mm. and like reading books <laughs> he gets to, he gets to do whatever he wants yeah. and then the mom is the my one mom who was ha- in a work mm. clothes all the time yeah. she mm-hmm. you know always wow. working and um but anyway so it was like a very like i had two different worlds and i it looks so much i'm so excited to have this like life where everything is unified yeah I love um, yeah but like it was complicated exactly like, just, like, and i saw their love was very like i think that they they love each other they mm-hmm. really do love each other but it was like a different kind of mm-hmm. love. Yeah. And so it was I think because of what I was conditioned to see mm-hmm. as as love, like by your parents, like what the relationship between parents is supposed to be, mm-hmm. based on like shows and T V and things mm-hmm. like that. Like, yeah. Very now contrasting. I want that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I just really look forward to that because yeah. I didn't have that. And that's what makes it so hard to figure out like how to like when when you think about the examples you had in real life and the examples in media, like it's so hard to figure out like how to date like how do you yeah. like what's the right yeah. way and Which i think is, for me it's that strange thing of i like i want that like you know, i yeah. want that kind of like that unified sort of that like intellectual partnership your person yeah. Yeah, you want to find because this that, life is hard that person yeah. who you but then when i when i look around when i look around myself and i see all of my cousins and my friends getting married at, you know 21 or 22 20 25 at mm. the absolute mm. top mm. end mm. of the spectrum mm. And they seem to be kind of performing mm-hmm. a marriage that mm-hmm. is from decades ago. Yeah. yeah. You know, even <laughs> people who are our age who call themselves feminists, their yeah. marriages to me don't seem like feminist spaces. I hmm. like to be performing for the rest of your life, like your husband's supposed mm. to be the person where like the curtains come down, like you do not perform. Yeah. Like so that's such an exhausting thought to me to yeah. perform I for just, the rest with the person who's supposed yeah. to accept you. I, mean, I will say a lot of my like family members who are married, the like, young cousins, they have great relationships. A lot mm. of them really do. And mm. I think it is just sort of like you have that great core, but mm. then that pressure of performance yeah. inserts itself into your, your relationship. Finding and like compromising your beliefs and identities is kind of how I see it. Mm. Um, for like a potential partner who would fit into what my parents kind of want and what would give me a stable life or like a a chance at happiness. I think Mm. stability doesn't have to be sad. Like I could still be happy, um, which is- Oh yeah, like the traditional thing is not necessarily oppressive. Yeah. I think it is made oppressive Mm -hmm. a lot of the times when there's no other options. I think there's a lot to be said. When people think about love, they think about fireworks and Mm -hmm. like, ah. That's not sustainable. Love can be quiet. Love can be- yeah, yeah mm-hmm. go ahead. I just think we need to define what love is. My first love was for sure my mom, mm. you know? And Wait. I think people don't think about that. Yeah. So I write a lot about love, but th- my other half is completely my mom. I just think, like, it's very interesting how when you think about love, it's not even in terms of, like, with within a relationship with, like, your significant mm. other. It's, like, the people in your life, whether that is a female figure or a father figure. Because I feel like men need to be more outwardly about their love, too. I feel like sons 
if their father's in their life, like, it's okay for your father to be your first love. That's not weird or anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Like, it's not weird yeah. to kiss your father on the and lips people, or on the cheeks. Like, yeah. you should embrace that because those are the people, they're going to show you. Like, they're they're the blueprint. Like, they're that's showing that's you. That's interesting. I would really be interested How in to love men. more men, you yeah. know, what your, who your yeah. first love was. Yeah. That's a really interesting way to think about it. I think my definition of love is a lot of, like, respect. Mm-hmm. I think I just kind of go back to... Um, because it's the only only time I've seen things last and mm. be withstanding. So if it's a romantic relationship, if you respect the person, you can go through ups and downs mm-hmm. and still give them kind of grace. Like I have a friend, she uses this term a lot, like giving people grace. Mm-hmm. And that's how she understands her relationship with God. Yeah, she, same. Like God gives her grace mm-hmm. and she gives other people grace oh, in, wow. in that so if people wrong you or if people, you know, whatever, you give them that space. Mm-hmm. But, like, obviously not over and over again. But, like, so yeah. I think with love it's the same thing. And it can't be the same thing again. Um, and friendships is the same thing. My understanding of love has come a lot from my friendships um, where I was a bad friend and I had to learn how to be a good friend. Like, oh, I respect you, but you're not giving me that respect back like I deserve. And it's, it's so self-respect and giving that person the benefit that oh they can kind of rise to this and if they can't then that's when it doesn't withstand yeah Yeah. i love that all right so that is all we have for you today once again i would just like to give the biggest thank you to our wonderful guests aisha and micah um we are so grateful to them we had a wonderful conversation i'm just really glad that this episode or the series came to be i think it was a much needed conversation and something that I personally haven't really seen before you know four women of color just sitting at a table discussing love relationships dating marriage and everything else so yeah I hope that you enjoyed this episode as always if anything that we said was difficult to hear or you know just if you would like to talk to anyone the Women's Center has counseling resources and we really urge you to look those up and um, take advantage of those as much as you can yeah, and talk to each other. Hopefully this can spark conversations yeah. within your own social groups or outside of your own social groups as well. Regardless, let us know what you have to say. You can reach us both on Twitter. I'm at Liz Bangora. And I'm at Marwa Shrib. You can reach us both at Hughes Podcast on Twitter as well and, or email us at speakinginhughes at virginia.edu. Thank you so much for listening, guys, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.